Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wim Lou. Um, so, you know, at first I did say on Friday's episode that uh, the show is going off air, which means it's not going to be on radio anymore, it's not going to be on YouTube, it's not going to be on TV, at least until next season. Obviously, the, the Raptors are hitting off-season mode. Um, but I did say the podcasting was going to continue. However, I did not promise explicitly that I was going to do Summer League recaps but who am I kidding? Of course I'm going to do Summer League recaps. And uh, the only reason that this episode is not coming out on Saturday night when the Raptors won by a score of 97-77 to 77 over the Philadelphia 76ers, the only reason it didn't come out on Saturday is because me and Alex were making our play-by-play debut at the CCYAA uh, charity tournament, the Classic. It was uh, a very, very fun celebrity game. Tons of... Um, uh, Asian celebrities came out and quite honestly put on a really good game. I, myself and Alex will recap that uh, later on this week. But right now, wanted to talk about this game uh, between the Raptors and the Sixers. And a, a lot of you know players of interest for the Raptors, so I'll kind of go through them. I think the number one um, you know prospect that the Raptors are looking at right now is Tr- Christian Coloco who we were able to speak to his coach at Arizona, Jack Murphy, and then we were also able to speak to Christian himself on the show this past week. So if you haven't already checked those out, look for those interviews. I thought uh, I tried my best to get to know Christian and also get to know his game a little bit and his sort of uh, path to the league right now. So this was the first time we got to see him in an NBA setting. And I got to say, it was a pretty good start. Uh, You know, there there were some things that you could tell he needs to work on. Uh, and then you can tell that there's like real talent and he was very effective, um, you know, right away, which I think speaks to his talent, uh, as a second round pick. So let's start with the positives Uh, offensively. I thought, um, you know, he was doing a good job of screening and diving. Um, I think that primarily is his role right now. There was one instance where he actually tried to pick and pop. And he got himself wide open. I think the defense was caught very much by surprise. They are like, well, we're expecting him to just dive to the rim every time. What's he doing out there? And he got a pretty open look. Couldn't knock it down, but it was smooth. You know, didn't hesitate, nothing like that. So I like that he took the shot. Uh, he was telling me that, you know, he's been taking about 1,000 shots per day. And so, you know, basketball's cruel like that. You, you take 1,000 shots uh, per day, but then you come into the game, you take one jumper and you miss it. But, you know, uh, I, I like that he made all his free throws. Um, and, and honestly, it's just, for the most part, when he stuck to that role of um, screening, getting downhill, catching a lob, he was scoring well. The issue is, I think, the rest of the offensive game in terms of, um, you know, three times in this game I counted where Christian was given the ball in the post. Um, and, and a lot of those times were against mismatches in terms of height, right? For example, in the first quarter, uh, he sealed Isaiah Joe, uh, who had a really good game, actually. He, he was shooting the lights out. But uh, Isaiah Joe's like 6'3", 6'4", long arms, but, you know, like a Terrence Ross type, um, without the athleticism, I would say. And, um, yeah, Coloco had him in the post. Good position, mid-post, and he spins baseline, Tries to like bump Isaiah Joe out of the way uh, to create that separation so he can go up clean. Um, but instead, Isaiah Joe absorbs the contact and is able to go up and block him and force a jump ball. Now, Christian wins the jump ball, but the thing there is, 
worth looking at a center who wasn't able to bump a shooting guard out of the way. A shooting guard was able to absorb that contact and still stuff him. Later in that game, I think probably in the first half still, they gave the ball to Christian again in the post. And this time, he should have spun baseline again. But he tried to go towards the middle, even though his defender was sort of very much leading on the inside there. And he wasn't able to uh, get a clean look off, again, because of the lack of strength. And he was putting up a hook shot that uh, didn't you know, really have to touch for. And then in the uh, third quarter, he got another post-up, similar scenario against a smaller guy. Um, you know, and same kind of deal. Um, instead of going sort of quickly to the basket with the strong move, um, you know, he was sort of bumped out of position and went for a hook shot, sort of fading away from the contact. And he was, wasn't able to get that to drop. So that's kind of the reason why he shot four of 11 from the field. Um, you know, he finished all the plays you expected him to finish, but then he didn't score on the plays that I, I, that felt like it was outside of his role offensively. I mean, it was good to see his energy. Obviously, he would screen two, three times per possession, which you'll always like to see from a guy like that. Uh, he was, uh, you know, honestly, even making some extra passes. Like, I thought him in the, in the two-man game was actually pretty good because, you know, the way the Raptors were playing a lot of that offense, um, they gave the ball out top. Um, to the big man, uh, I would say more than I would like the regular Raptors would. Like you, you don't see that as much when the Raptors are like, you know, let's say Ken Burgess in the game or like Precious Achua in the game. They don't swing the ball to him at the top and they let him make decisions uh, quite in the same way that they were actually looking to highlight that aspect of Krishna's game. And that's something where if you listen to the interviews with either Coach Nurse or uh, Coach Trevor Gleason, who is the assistant uh, who's doing uh, summer league this year. Um, they talk, they've, they've continuously talked about how there is a little bit of a passing element with Christian. And I think, that, you know, the nice thing with being able to trust an center to make a couple of passes is the fact that you can get your guards and your scores off ball. And that sort of allows them to play well. And, and, and the two assists that Christian got, I'm pretty sure both of them were to Delano Banton. And both times it was sort of just like, um, you know, they gave the ball to Christian at the top. Christian was sort of just looking to facilitate and, you know, he was able to find guys on cuts, and those guys were able to score. There was one play where, you know, Delano had it, gave it up to Christian, um, cut behind his defender. There was a little bit of a gap there right at around the elbow area. Christian found him with the bounce pass, and then Delano sees that there's a gap, goes in uh, with a clever reverse finish to evade the contact and finish with the and one. So, you know, there was something nice there, and I'm curious to see how that continues to improve. I think defensively, it's very clear what he can do. Um, had two just just obscene blocks, quite honestly. Uh, one where, um, as the broadcast pointed out, he was behind two players on the play. Um, not just the, the driver who had the ball, but also his defender was sort of in between. And Christian was coming in for the help. And it looked like it was very clear that he was going to get a layup off, except for the fact that Christian is seven foot one with a seven foot six wingspan and kind of just jumped out of nowhere and pinned it so hard that, you know, you, you created that wedgie scenario where you're able to uh, wedge the ball uh, between the rim and the backboard. And then shortly thereafter, you had another play where playing that cat and mouse game in the drop defense, um, you know, the Sixers driver thought he had an opportunity to, to shoot and last second Christian's arms just kind of go up further than you kind of would expect. And he swatted that thing out of bounds uh, he ended the game with three steals and three blocks in 28 minutes. So the activity was really good. The only thing I would say is, uh, like again, uh, the the strength element 
could really help him in terms of like, you know, he fouled a lot in this game. Six fouls. Um, now, in summer league, you get 10 fouls, so that's not a problem. It didn't really affect his minutes or anything like that. However, I think some of those fouls um, could, again, be avoided with a little bit of better strength. Like, for example, there was a play um, where... You know, just a regular pick-and-roll scenario. Um, inside this time, the guard shoots it, and the roller, in this case, Charles Bassey, um, who is much stronger, I would say, and and, and uh, just definitely more built, uh, was rolling downhill, and as the shot went up, he sealed Christian. Now, of course, you can still fight back in position or whatever, but uh, Christian just could not get around him, and Bassey was able to get the rebound, and Christian was forced to... Uh, to concede the foul, small stuff like that, where again, I think that the, the addition of more strength is going to help. Um, he did tell me also that, you know, look, at, at one point, I, I think he was 235 at some point last year in Arizona, but the draft process itself was just really exhausting. And, um, you know, I think if you can just imagine traveling to like 15 different cities in 20 days, and during all those times, you are trying your very best out there and, and giving all your energy physically, you're probably going to drop a lot of weight. Um, just based on the exhaustion alone. And I feel like that's where right now we're seeing Christian at this lighter weight, but maybe even come time for training camp, you probably see him closer, back up closer to like 235. But the, the weight itself is not as important to me as like the strength itself because obviously you want to keep him uh, spry and springy and quick uh, off the ground, which he is. He was able to catch lobs and stuff like that and block shots, but you still do need to see some of that strength element in his game to sort of maximize some of the opportunities that he got. But a pretty good start for Christian Coloco. Pretty happy for him. Played a team role, played a team game. And, uh, yeah, I, I like to see that he nailed the basics of what he's supposed to do while also trying out a couple more things. Because, after all, even though this is his debut professionally, it's, it's still summer league. I, you know, I, I do want to see you try some stuff out there. Uh, in terms of who was the actual most impactful player for the Raptors, that's got to be Armani Brooks. Coming off the bench... In 27 minutes, scores 25 points, um, you know, to lead all scores in the game. And, like, literally right away, first play, coming off the bench, checks in, nails a three. Like, immediately, no hesitation, nothing. You know, a, kind of a kick-out opportunity, and he just knocks down the triple. And uh, we knew that that element of his game is there. We know he can get shots up. We know he's a guy who um, has that kind of range. You know, first quarter, he, he nailed three threes, so he got that three. Got another three where he was working off ball. And then it was a Lake Shawcock scenario. He's got his man sized up. Um, and it's like about five, six seconds. The guy's probably expecting, well, you know, he's probably going to try to like at least dribble in and, and, and get a little closer to the basket and maybe pull up or even drive. But Armani's like, yeah, it's 30 feet out, but I'll pull up from here. And he switched it. So that was impressive. But to me, what I like, too, is to seeing that, like, um, the, the obviously you can shoot the three. Right, and in this game, he was getting guarded quite tightly, and that's what happens when you nail three threes in the first quarter. But I like seeing him mix up his game. You know, you saw more of like him attacking, you know, in transition, using some of his balance, his athleticism. He's long for a guard, even though he's small. He's long for a guard. He was able to finish around the basket a couple of times with a couple of different finishes and one stuff like that. And I just liked also too, like the the uh, the idea that he had some gravity in this game and he knew how to use it. You know, like there were a lot of moments where um, whether it was him creating uh, off the bounce and drawing two defenders and kicking it to other guys uh, or even off ball where 
you know, it was smart. Um, you know, he would, there was a play, I think, in the fourth quarter when the Raptors were really pulling away. By the way, the Raptors won the fourth quarter 26-7. to seven. This is a weird game in terms of just, like, it was wild runs, one you know, one way or the other nonstop. But the Raptors definitely delivered the final final blow and, and knocked out the Sixers. And again, 26-7 to seven is a hilarious uh, quarter. But in any case, there's a play that Armani made during this fourth quarter where he had an opportunity to attack his man one-on-one or even come up with the screen or whatever. Instead of doing that, he gave the ball up. He swung the ball. Then he cut towards the ball. Then he curled around downhill. And in, in sort of just his movement off the ball, he was able to sort of get free for a cut. And because most of the action was at the top of the floor, there was no big in the middle of the paint to sort of protect on the cut. And he was able to f- get the pass back to him and free for an easy layup. Now, of course, that's bad defense by the Sixers. But at the same time, that's just good awareness, knowing that you can score in a variety of ways. And that's the thing for Armani, too, is like, I'm sure whether he... He ultimately makes the Raptors' final roster or not. I mean, there's basically going to be a big competition for the the 15th spot, as there usually is. Maybe the 14th and 15th spot, depending on sort of what happens uh, with Champagne's free agency and all this other stuff. But regardless, like, I, I think, um, yeah, um, he, he just, you know, you you got to show, obviously, number one, he can shoot, right? And he can shoot. That's something that he showed in the G League. That's something he showed... Um, at times last year with the Raptors, I, I would still wish he made a couple more shots to be honest, but I thought, um, you know, there were games last year, you know, there's a Sixer game late in the season. There was a Houston, there was a Houston game. There's a, you know, there's, there's a couple of games where Armani is able to come or Cleveland. Actually, that was a big game for him. Where he was able to come in and, and do some things for you. So, you know, that three points, a skill set is there, but can you diversify and do a little bit more? Can you create a little bit? I mean, he rebounded the ball today. He, he was able to score and transition all that other stuff. So, I'm not totally sure he can do all that at the NBA level, but at the same time, you know, it, when you're at the the more like fringes of the rotation, the fringes of the NBA, like every single game is this big sh- uh, showcase, whether that is to the team that you're hoping to make it on, maybe another team is watching you, maybe, you know, you can, you know, if it doesn't work out in the NBA, you have other leagues to go to and stuff like that, so... In any case, though, I, I just thought Armani played a really nice game. I was very impressed by the variability in the way he scored and just a very mature approach, man. I, I like Armani. Again, I, I talked to him um, earlier this season and kind of got to know him as well. His story is pretty wild. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> he was at the airport. He was about to go on a flight to New Zealand and he had said goodbye to his family and everything like that. And it was a difficult decision for him, obviously. And then his agent literally called him while he was at the airport. He was about to leave to New Zealand. And if he got on that flight, I don't know if he would have had an NBA career just based on the circumstances of it all. But yeah, he got called by his agent at the airport that he got a two-way deal with the Rockets and uh, yeah, left the airport. And obviously things have changed for him since. But, you know, it's really exciting to watch him play and uh you know, that's something the Raptors do lack is three-point shooting. That's one of the reasons why the Raptors signed him at the end of the year. And, that you know, they got him on a nice deal where they're able to sort of see what he has in training camp as well in, in summer league. And this was a really nice step for Armani. I thought Delano, uh, Delano Banton, you know, he had a really mixed game in the sense that the first half, he was really, really pressing, man. I don't know what was going on with him. Uh, there was like two or three times where... You know, he drove in too hard and missed a layup. Then there was another time where, actually another uh, time where he just, I don't know, he just kept driving into traffic and turning it over. He had seven turnovers, which is not what you want to see from him. 
that's one of the critiques of his game is just that he does play a little bit too wild at times and he is a little bit too singular minded um when he goes to the basket uh where obviously he's looking for the pass but he's looking for to the drive downhill and so defense is able to anticipate a little bit of where he's going and also he had a couple of loose passes you know there's a play where coloco was wide open on a lob but he got blocked for the uh the pass attempt delano did so you know there were some downsides and and i kind of pointed this out on twitter too i was just like you know this is a really bad half for delano in the first half because i know he can play a lot better than this and that's exactly what happened third quarter delano took over there was a stretch where i i don't think he made a single bad play in the third quarter and i really like that about him where you know um he, he uh he you know he had a hard drive into the lane um you know, saw the double team come instead of going all the way to the basket and potentially getting blocked or stripped, which is kind of what happened a lot in the first uh, half. He was able to stop on a dime, pivot, spin, and then find Coloco because his man had come over to rotate for uh, the, the the stop, and Coloco was able to get a wide open dunk. And then he had another great great drive. You know, used a little cut dribble, didn't go in a straight line, froze his defender momentarily, then drove into him, and then got the foul call. Smart move there. And again, it's just small things like that where he was able to like just do um, something to throw off the defense. Whether it was him playing really fast, which we know he can. He's so fast with the ball for a guy that big. Uh, he changes ends of the floor really quickly. I really like something that even something very small like, you know, when they inbound to him, he always makes sure to get the ball past half with like 20, 21 seconds left on the shot clock. It's a big difference as compared to like somebody who walks it up and you get 16 seconds. It's just the amount of time is so vital um, to an offense and every extra second obviously is very important. Delano does a good job of that. So he can push the pace and he was able to do that quite a bit. But, you know, I thought just the defense was able to predict where he was going in this in the first half and it led to a lot of bad results. Second half, a lot more different, using different moves. Like I mentioned, that little cut dribble to sort of stutter his, his drive and then, you know, draw the foul, you know, and a really nice play where... Uh, in transition, used a behind-the-back dribble to elude his defender. That created a three-on-two. He was able to kick out for an open corner three. Didn't drop, but really, really nice play. Another play where, you know, he gets the pick and roll, but he rejects the screen. He drives hard, and he gets the bucket to drop going left. Uh, he had a pull-up three at the end of a clock, which was impressive to see. And it's actually funny because he actually nailed three threes in this game, Delano did. Um, he nailed one in the first quarter as well but coloco was called for a moving screen uh so the shot was erased but you know delano did make the shot so i was like okay there is some improvement there potentially and i had seen a lot of that at the 905 so i was really curious to see what he would do three-point shooting wise and then yeah uh second half he was able to knock down a three to beat the buzzer then right after that off ball movement for delano where he he lifted from the corner up to the wing he was able to catch and shoot for a three there and it's just like Okay, there, there's like, you could see the upside once again. And of course, like, you, you, you don't want to just see upside. Obviously, for a second-year guy coming into Summer League, he's played Summer League last year. He was decent last year, a little, little even more wild last year, obviously. But um, you, you do want to see a step for him. And I think that you did see that. Like, I thought the third quarter you saw today was, like, pretty much every single game I tuned in for with the 905. Like, I know Delano spent a lot of time down there. I know a lot of people aren't paying close attention to 905. I get that, but... He was good. He was really good with the, with the, with that club. And uh, this is, you know, when you go back and watch the highlights of that third quarter of him getting downhill, him finding guys up, uh, uh, for open for for shots, him um, knocking down some threes occasionally. It's like that's what he did with the nine hundred five, and I was happy to see that. And and you know, even on a bigger level, I was just happy to see him like um, 
take the leadership uh, of of the game and just taking account of okay our team's not playing well our team is a little sluggish we've given up like two big runs from the Sixers to sort of come back into the game uh fourth quarter let me just get out there and play with manic energy and I thought the Raptors as a whole did a great job defensively you got to credit coach Gleason a little bit too because a lot of pressure defenses zones and stuff like that they were kind of thrown out there but you know I, I you think you just needed somebody to take charge and I thought Delano did a, such a good job of just like being dominant on defense using his energy running all over the place there's like a hard closeout he made in the corner where he like I don't know he, he I guess I wasn't in the arena so I couldn't really see where he landed but on the TV broadcast he kind of just landed outside of frame that's how hard he was closing out so I, you know I just like that uh you know he was able to take advantage of his opportunity here and and and, and play a really good second half I'm looking forward to seeing more of that um, and to see that in a more sustained fashion, because you don't want your point guard to be that up and down, but at the same time, um, you know, he is still young, and uh, he is showing uh, quite a bit of improvement. In terms of the other players, you know, DJ Wilson had a bad game, um, just a lot of fouling, uh, some bad defense, I would say. First quarter was, you know, like the Raptors played well in the first quarter, they won 24-13. to 13. I would say like five of those points that the Sixers scored out of their 13 was directly because of DJ Wilson, either him taking a bad shot on one end uh, or him not getting back on defense on the other end. Um, so, you know, I, I think there is more talent there than what he showed here today, um, but he just couldn't get a lot of shots to drop. And th- the only thing is just it felt to me a little bit strange that he would try to play a one on one game. Uh, especially in the in the post, like it's it's one thing if you want to play one on one on the perimeter and and you're driving in, and you're creating like downhill separation from your defender and someone else rotates and you're able to swing the ball. Like you can still play team defense based off just like a one on one attack. But it felt like he would get the ball in the mid post and kind of just like iso jab step spin. And, and he has that game. He's smooth. Like you could tell it's rehearsed. But at the same time, like those just that's just not how the Raptors play a lot of these times. So. You know, I want to see more from him. I know there is more. Obviously, he had a really nice, um, not really nice, but, you know, he, he stepped up for the Raptors at, at times this year during COVID. There's a reason why the Raptors signed him to, like, three 10-day th- deals, and then they signed him again. This might be the fourth time they signed DJ Wilson, but in any case, they, they want to see if there's something there, and he's been training with Christian and uh, and Ron Harper throughout the summer, so... Uh, you know, just he wasn't able to show it today, um, but you know, maybe there's more there. Same kind of deal for Ron Harper. Um, I don't know what was going on with him. Uh, defensively, guys were going at him quite a bit, um, especially in the first half, and he was kind of giving up things like line drive layups, and that was disappointing. Offensively, you know, there were some shaky moments, four turnovers, including a play where it was a four on one fast break, and he just kind of like fumbled the ball and double dribbled, like stuff like that. Um, maybe he was a little nervous. Uh, he was able to knock down a three at the end, which was nice, and, and he got some free throws, but weren't able to see too much from Ron Harper's game. The broadcast did mention quite a bit that guys like Earl Watson, um, assistant coach of the Raptors, was was very impressed with him. Uh, they had mentioned that they had a uh, scrimmage against New Orleans, I guess, at some point, and uh, the fact that uh, Ron Harper apparently dominated some of the portions of the scrimmage, so we just unfortunately couldn't get to see that. But, uh, yeah, not an impressive uh, debut from Ron Harper. Hopefully he's able to bounce back. David Johnson, you know, not totally sure what he's out there to do. There was a play where, you know, they had Nick Nurse on the broadcast, which is one of the great things about Summer League is that they're able to get so much access because everyone's there. Like, literally for the Raptors, 
everybody who was there, Gary, Scotty, Pascal, um, Fred, Chris Boucher, Malachi Flynn, Otto Porter Jr., like, Precious. Um, it, it's just really nice to see that kind of attendance. And Masai was obviously spotted talking to Woj and Shaw Marks and, you know, Rob Polinka. So people are speculating and all that kind of stuff. Um, but... Yeah, like, you get this great access. So you got Nick Nurse on the broadcast talking about whatever, and he's watching the game, obviously, as it happens. And David Johnson checks into the game, and he just fires up this hard brick. Like, it was like, I don't know. It, it wasn't like some sort of desperation shot, but it had that kind of effect where it just hit the backboard, and you just hear thud. And, uh, yeah, that was tough. I, I don't, I just don't know. I don't see the role right now. Like, it's just kind of the same thing with the 905. I, I didn't really see what his, what his spot on the Raptors is going to be. Um, but you know, hopefully he's able to use the summer league to, to improve from this and, and, and show something eventually because, you know, chances will eventually run out for him. Uh, he has not shown too much at the G league level and definitely wasn't even able to play at all, uh, with the Raptors last season. Um, it's too bad that Justin Champagne couldn't play. Uh, I believe he had some sort of thumb issue or something like that. Um, I think the team was just being precautious, but in any case, this was going to be an awesome opportunity to play against his twin, Julian, uh, who got drafted to the Sixers or signed an uh, undrafted deal with the Sixers, something like that. He's on the Sixers. Um, and, but it was kind of a very funny to see uh, Justin clowning him. Uh, Julian got free for a breakaway dunk in the first half, and Julian or Justin got up and just booed him. Um, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff you expect from brothers. That would have been a really cool moment, too, because you don't fully know when you're going to play each other in the pros. Um, there's just opportunities that are so rare, uh, especially when you're at the end of the bench. But at the same time, um, summer league is a great opportunity to play each other. And it's just too bad that he wasn't healthy for it. I, I still, I think Justin has a really big role to play for this team. And, uh, I, I'm, I think that, um, in the summer league setting, I think he can do a lot. Him and Delano were fairly even for me. I mean, Delano's more of a creator than Justin was, but Justin showed a lot, and uh, I, I want to see him back out there. I like his energy. I like the way he plays. Unselfish player. want to see his progress with a three-point shot. We know he can rebound and stuff like that, so hopefully he's able to get into the games. And then lastly, um, I thought, uh, you know, the, the, the guy that I was actually really curious to see, because the Raptors are kind of talking about this, where they were like, you know, Nick Nurse is mentioning, oh, we're, we're keeping an eye on Jeff Dalton Jr. And I, to be honest, I didn't really know that much, right? I, I looked him up afterwards, you know, apparently he played with the G League, uh, the Lakeland Magic and stuff like that. Um, seeing him play, I thought in the first half, he was very impressive. I mean, he, I, I think he took his, picked his spots well, um, had nine assists, uh, which is what you want to see from a point guard. But he also was able to create and, and able to, to score. I mean, he had two wide-open threes that he couldn't knock down, which was a little tough. But he could definitely shoot. There's a really nice play where he drove baseline, used a little cut dribble, step back while the ball's in the air, and then faded away in the baseline, probably from like 15, maybe 18. You know, like that was a really nice move over a contest as well. Um, but I, I liked him, man. I liked seeing his energy. Uh, looks like a smaller guard, 6'3". I couldn't really find his wingspan online, but just based on the way his, he was moving around, I would say his wingspan is probably like 6'9", six, 6'10", six, at least. Like, he's just like a... He kind of was like in a Norm kind of way. Now, Norm was like much more built and a little bit bigger than Downton, but Norm was also like a short guy with like ridiculously long arms. And so that's kind of what I saw from Downton. But um, yeah, he, you know, he had some scoring ability for sure. Kind of played that off-ball um, role in terms of as like the, you know, Delano was the main point guard, but Dowden was sort of the secondary sort of creator and playmaker. And honestly, in the first half when Delano was struggling, 
Uh, I thought Dalton was actually the best creator for the Raptors. Uh, and he was able to throw a couple of lobs and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he had a nice game. And I'm impressed, and I want to see more of it. I, I think, you know, if he does well, the Raptors still have training camp invites. And uh, maybe he gets one of those. You know, those are fairly lucrative. Um, I think you could probably guarantee yourself, like, 200 k just to come to camp and stuff like that. For a guy who played in the G League last year, I think that would be a substantial amount of money. Actually, for anybody, that would be a substantial amount of money, I would hope. 200 k <laughs> But, um yeah, man, um, there, he's, he's got some game, and if he continues to improve in Summer League, then uh, I would like to see him being invited to camp, but uh, yeah, overall, just a, a strong game, a strong start, you know, um, yeah, it, it was a good performance uh, by the Raptors to sort of close it out. I, I got a lot, I, I, I gotta say, there were a lot of times where it was just like, what is going on, like, um, there's so many turnovers, the Raptors, you know, got what 10 offensive rebounds and, and had 15 uh, steals, you know, so they won the possession game as you always would expect them to do. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I do wish there was a little bit less sloppy. Like there was what 56 fouls called for the, between the two teams. Um, and also that, uh, yeah, there, there was 25 turnovers for the Sixers and 17 for the Raptors. So, you know, it's, it's also summer league and you got to keep it in mind that like, you can get excited for these guys, but at the same time, this is very much like a, a, a young league for, for players to sort of showcase different aspects of the game and try to make the league and make that jump if, if they're already in the league, but, um, you know, nice start. I always enjoy watching summer league basketball and I'll be back to recap the next one. So uh, in order to finish up, I'm going to hand out the three stars. A first star for me is going to go to Armani Brooks. There's no question about this one. 25 points, seven rebounds, two assists, five, three pointers, nine of 18 from the field, two of three from the free throw line, 27 minutes, pure scoring off the bench, catch and shoot threes, everything you really want, the off ball movement, really nice play by Armani Brooks. I'll give the second star to Delano Banton because his third quarter was just sensational. Took over the game. 21 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal, a block. He needs to cut down on the turnovers. 7 is obscene even for Summer League. But uh, 6 of 11 from the field. 2 of 3 from 3, which was nice to see. And, of course, he did make the other one that was uh, waved off. And he was 7 of 9 from the free throw line. Got himself there more than any other player in this game. Uh, and then your third star, um, a little hard to pick between Doughton and Christian Coloco. I'm going to ultimately give it to Christian, uh, mostly because of the fact that I, I like to see his um, him playing his role. He was very active. He had something in all the box score figures. 12 points, 7 rebounds, 3 offensive, 2, steal, or two assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks. Um, 4-4 four, four from the free throw line. And uh, yeah, I mean, even small minor plays, like, you know, uh, twice he was able to block shots slash passes. Uh, in the lane and, and start the fast break, you know, like small stuff like that. I really enjoyed, but, uh, you know, Jeff, Jeff was quite close. Honestly, he was quite close because he had 13 and nine, uh, as a point guard. So, uh, in, or I guess if you want the Gerald Henderson award, that's got to go to Isaiah Joe. We know he could shoot basically a Terrence Ross type of player. Like I said, um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. Defensively, it doesn't look all that good, but if you can shoot like this more consistently than, yeah, of course he has a bit of a role, but he's been in the league a little bit now, so wasn't too surprised to see his performance. And mostly he was just getting hot from three because he um, wasn't able to do too much else. But uh, yeah, you know, that's a that's a skill, and uh, yeah, the Sixers could use that. So um, that does it for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. I'll be back to recap the other Summer League games. Uh, they're always very fun to watch. Um, and again, if you are looking for the show, if, you, if you're one of the 
people who watch the show on YouTube and watch it on Sportsnet 360 or listen to it on live radio. We're not going to be on live radio or, or any of those sort of live platforms um, for the summertime. We are going on break as a show. We'll obviously come back next season. Um, but in between, we will be dropping lots of podcasts and content, probably two or three a week. I'm not going to lie to you. I, it's hard for me to stay away from this stuff. It's really fun to just chat with people and talk basketball and, and even have some more creative space to be able to have more of like a podcasting style of conversation. I know that uh, when you're live on air, you obviously got to hit certain times and, and marks and you're calling people all the time. It's a different style of show. Right. Um, but I think in podcasting, you get a much more free flowing conversation. It's much more of a just even space. And uh, we get to explore different topics because we don't have to like as be as like uh, dedicated to the news cycle uh, as you would with the daily show. So definitely keep um, checking out the podcast feed and, of course, rate, review, subscribe. But for now, the Raptors are off to a winning start in Summer League and I'll be back to recap the next game. So thanks everyone for listening and check back in. Uh, in a few days when we have more podcasting content. Peace.